This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey guys, welcome back. We got some Dear White People, some Kimmy Schmidt, and we're going to be explaining K-pop. All coming up next. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I don't know what English people, English speaking music is sometimes, so. Who is this? BTS. If you guys don't know, this is like one of the biggest K-pop bands that's crossing over to America. That's why Ashley Cheney has no freaking clue. These dance moves. Because Ashley ain't in the know, but we're going to let you guys in the know here in a second. Um, Welcome back. You're watching Netflix Picks. I'm Rick Hong, and I've got Ashley Cheney next to me. Hi, friends. Good to see you. Steve Kaufman. Hello, everyone, and welcome. And Amy Cassandra Martinez. Oh, hi. Good to see you there. Just busy jamming out to BTS. Hi. <laughs> Do you know BTS? I know them. Gosh darn it. But see, I've even never... Steve Kaufman knows BTS. <laughs> Do you know BTS also? I, I, I know that this is K-pop, and I know people are into K-pop, and before this was before the explained thing that we're going to talk about later. Steve's uh, actually a huge K-pop fan. He's uh, told me inside. He's, he's being modest about it's my it. DL. And this, is, and this is Anthony in our in our booth. Oh, wait, they can hear you, right? Yes, they can hear me. What's yeah, up, yeah. everybody? My name is Anthony Becerra. Um, not Steve. <laughs> yeah, not Steve. <laughs> Which Steve never talks anyways, at least uh, in our booth anyway. But... Um, so, okay, we're talking Netflix originals, film, and television for this week. So, last week we had someone in our chat, and uh, please feel free to, like, jump in our chat as well. Talk about, ask about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Steve Kaufman, I think, has watched the whole series, mm-hmm. watched the most recent, and um, so I'm going to let him take it away. Um, This most recent half a season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt was very, very good. It... I would argue season one to season two. Season two is when you would have expected it to lose steam, and it didn't. It didn't lose steam at all as a show until season three. We're getting the first half of season four. It was okay. She settled into a new environment, and then episode three did a parody of a docuseries. Parody of a docu series, like a parody of a do- like similar to like a Making the Murderer, like a Netflix style docu series, right. um, murderer docu series. Yes, like uh, a documentary now. Similar, it was similar. Or to that. Making a Murderer, American right? American Vandal. It was oh, American Vandal. It was yeah. it was like, but it was one whole episode based around the John Hamm character that imprisoned her. That someone made a documentary about him, drawing light to whether or not she was actually kidnapped and like charged in what he was actually charged in and it was like that was the turning point for me in the whole season because it actually gave because that was actually the rest of the leg for the following three episodes 
Oh, how many episodes of this? It was only six, if I six. remember correctly. Okay, so it'll, the, it'll, go, it'll be 13 total. It'll be 13 total whenever okay. they get around to it, because we don't have a date for the other half of season four. What? These, well, these long-tenured Netflix comedies, Arrested Development and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, came out in the same week, and they both did a, a half season with no official release date for the other half of the season. I wonder what the play is there for, on Netflix's part, just to get us hooked and get us wanting more, or what? Or maybe just, 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 maybe just, just avail, yeah, availability yeah. of yeah. actors. They can't afford 13. They either can't afford 13 seasons, or literally they can't. Like, everyone involved is so important, they I can't do they can 13. They could definitely afford it. It's Netflix. They they have crazy deep pockets, but, but probably availability like of the cast. Yeah. She's doing some movies and stuff, I think. Um Ellie Kemper. Oh, Ellie yeah. Kemper, mm-hmm. and then Tina Fey, the show, one of the show, like the creator, uh-huh. one of the showrunners. Like she's fair, always fairly busy. Oh, that Tina, Tina, no, she Tina, <laughs> to, yeah. Tony's Tina. Now, did you watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt from like as it was released, or did you do? Did you binge? I watched it as it was released. It was, I've always yeah. been a huge fan of this show. I yeah. Thirty Rock before it, like that was just very much my style of humor. Because Pinot Noir is your favorite drink, right? <laughs> yes. Caviar. Pinot Noir, caviar. <laughs> yes, no, no, I, I like season one. I mean, yeah, I watched it when it came out. I like season one. Yeah. And then season two, I kind of like, it lost a little steam for me. So like, and then just as Netflix drops all these other things, it's like, it's hard to go back, which I will, I, I probably at some point will try to go back and revisit it. But mm-hmm. So just basically hang through. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline season three if and you season, want to get to season four yes and see i'm not saying season three is bad by any stretch of the imagination i am saying that it finally lost steam whereas most shows like that lose their steam in season two like yeah because like yeah. they're right. they don't know what they're about they or like they laid it all on the line in season one that they don't they didn't have anything left over and i think that's a testament to someone like tina fey who had been there done that that she knows like no i'm tina fey they, they this relationship feels good i'm gonna make something they'll like I'm not going to give them everything in season one. Like I have to leave myself something more to do. And I think that's why season two was also so good. What? Yeah, same team as uh, Thirty Rock. It's like yeah. Robert Carlock and yeah. and uh, Robert Carlyle or Robert Car- Carlock, I think, and then uh, Tina Fey. Well, I would say that even just general, you know, your average sitcom. I think it starts finding its footing in the second and third mm. seasons where they just yeah. really get going. So stick in there. Well, like a cast and a crew usually find that meld. Yeah. Like after the first season into the second season. It's usually the writing that it's usually the writing and the creative juices that aren't there. But it, Kimmy Schmidt season four season four, they're still doing it. They're breaking season four up into different pieces and Just like no, just like you were saying that they were doing with the rest of development season five, where yeah. they dropped half the season. And they're going to drop the other half later on, possibly. Yeah. And, and and I like it because they get the media cycle. They get the media cycle of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt or Arrested Development in the same week. But then they don't have to have paid for all those episodes. Paid and paid for and produced all those episodes at once. That I think it's kind of genius. Because then you'll get the same media cycle. Because we don't actually care if it's a whole number season again. We're like, it's back. There's more things. Unbreakable. Yeah. That like as long as it's not weekly like Hulu does, I think Netflix users will be happy to be like more. Well, speaking of a long time Netflix series or somewhat, so they released season one of Sense Eight, and then they released Sense Eight 
season two. However, they decided to cancel it. There was this big uproar. So what they decided to go back and do was to give everybody some uh, closure. They created a finale, which dropped. And I'm not going to talk about it too much here because I only saw season one. And we also will have an after show for that. So, but if you guys want to, like, if you guys are fans of season one, season two, After Buzz did cover those. You guys can go back until then. And, like, when I know when After Buzz is going to do the uh, the Sense8 finale, you'll be able to talk and chat, chat chime in there i think with uh i think carrie lane was one of the people that was on that panel that so. feels right did you guys watch sense eight did you watch season one two i want no i watched i watched season one um and then went into season two and i it's really interesting because like one of the main characters from season one i guess got an attitude about how much they should be paid or something so mm. they actually switched that actor out with somebody else and they make a reference to that which is kind of funny Uh-oh. oh that's good they made a reference to it though when they pretend like nothing happened and people yeah. are just supposed to accept it it's always really weird I, I I don't like I don't like when they insult my intelligence in a show like that where they just they recast it and just don't acknowledge it mm-hmm. like I think I think we've learned audiences will get over it if you just give us one line of like oh my god that transfigurer thing bobber made you look so different yeah or like, that's, hmm. that's all we need puberty's a yeah, like any, of that, <laughs> any of that to recast a character I, it's just in, like and it reminds me of old western like old western TV shows when they hire an actor the first scene they would shoot is their death scene <gasps> so that none of them would be able to have any negotiation power I never knew that that's such a cool piece of Hollywood tidbit that, it, that they that's would shoot awesome. that they like welcome, and so crappy for an actor <laughs> welcome, to sh- welcome to set your Sheriff Jones it's we like, hope to have a really long and beautiful Beautiful relationship with you. Our first scene, (laughs) our first scene will be where you get shot, and we're gonna edit. We're gonna shoot it in a way that we can have whoever shot you fit the context that you're getting a little mouthy. Welcome (laughs) to Hollywood, kid. Well, (laughs) another another series that dropped a few weeks ago. I think I believe it was May fourth. We didn't get around to it, so I'm letting you guys know now that I covered. I watched. Season one of Dear White People and season two. They're waiting a season three. I was lucky enough to go to the carpet this past week at the Paley, uh, Paley Center for Media. And I got to talk with most of the cast except for one actor who I found out was shooting a movie. And it, uh, it stars Logan Browning as kind of like the main actress. And like there's a picture of her probably going to be coming up in a second. She has the most amazing eyes. Yeah, her eyes are She's gorgeous. gorgeous. But this is this is, a, this is a really fun show because she basically plays a DJ and it's called Dear White People. It's mm-hmm. based on a movie that they changed into a TV series, which I found that happened very organically, mm-hmm. very um, not too much. Like the, the the creator didn't have to try to shop it around too much. Like mm-hmm. there was already people wanted to do this as a TV series. And what I like about the show is you each episode covers one character. So they kind of give you like a main storyline and then each episode covers right. like so that you kind of get to know the character pretty well. I was totally um, surprised when I, wa- I watched the show knowing very little about it and I didn't know anything about the movie or, or sort of its origin story. But I was expecting Dear White People like I was expecting it to just be a, a throwdown and I am halfway through season one and really enjoying it. So I've got a lot of catching up to do, but I'm really enjoying the show and completely um, have been surprised by it was not at all what I was expecting in the best way. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a half hour. It's a quick half Super, hour yeah. and stuff. And like, it's not. I mean, I would even say because it focuses on one character in each episode that you don't. It's not one of those things where like you have to. You don't. You don't feel the need necessarily to binge it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be like, oh my gosh, now I've got to watch episode two. Now I got to watch episode three. It's like you can casually just like kind of get through it if you want to. And it's easy, it's an easy watch for me. But I mean, mm-hmm. do, you, do you guys all caught or all caught up or have seen some of it? I haven't seen it at all yet. Yeah. It's I've... it's it's up there for me. Yeah. 
I saw the first episode and I loved it. And right? I, I think the writing's fantastic. Yeah. And the way it's shot is just gorgeous to look at. Um, but I just didn't continue watching it because there's a lot of stuff. No, I don't. No, no, no. That's the thing is we have a lot of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I'm very happy to have gone to the carpet for that, talked mm-hmm. to the cast because it let me catch up and watch the whole exactly. both seasons. And because we haven't covered it, and it's important. Like, this type of programming oh, is important yeah. for a Netflix Definitely. to have. Um, and, like, I kept telling them on the carpet, I said, hey, season three. Season three, you know, like, even though they haven't announced anything, I just kept saying, hey, season three, because it's like, there's no... to put it out there. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, no... I mean, I've, so far, yeah. I've been right. I yeah. said that everything sucks, sucked. That didn't get another season. I said Glow Alexa was great. It got a season two. Alexa I said One Day at a Time was great. It got a season three. Alexa so I'm going three, four, three right now by saying, dear white people, season three. Every, oh, everything Alexa sucks was amazing. Thank Whoa. you. Oh, my gosh. It was It was fantastic. so amazing. They didn't pick it up for a season two. Oh, that's because not enough... Anthony is not a regular on our show. It's because not enough people were actually able to sit through the whole season to realize it, how exactly. realize how great that show actually was, and uh, it's sad because it was a story that you thought has been told so much before. Because it's a ripoff of Stranger Things. No, no. completely wrong. Oh, wow. It's it's the coming of age of a young woman and uh, who who happens to be lesbian and how she deals with that. No, no, no. See, what they tried to do is they tried to interweave it with the 90s and create nostalgia from that. But since they already did that with Stranger Things with the 80s, it just wasn't going to happen. No. Just like I keep telling you, name, bro, name, quit making fetch trying to happen. Name oh, one lesbian character good. in Stranger Things. Name one actual the political issue. Name one social Barb? issue. Barb. Or like, Barb, we do not know if Barb. I mean, did we anybody? I mean, for Halloween, did anybody dress up as anybody for Everything Sucks? Of course not. We but how many Barb's did yet. you see for Halloween? I mean, we think, nobody, nobody knows that that it's such a great story because nobody could stick through it. And whose fault is that, Anthony? You guys. No, <laughs> you guys. You, <laughs> you have guys. a limited amount of time to hook us. There is so much stuff to watch, and if you can't get us early on, sorry, we're not. No, here's the thing: you we get heartbroken because yes. There are shows that we love that you guys might love, and unfortunately, they just don't get the light of day. You know, for a second season, it's not fair. Just like some were dismissed <laughs> by you, Rick Hong, like Alexa and Katie, and they I didn't dismiss a- it. No, it was her. I was Ashley Cheney. I didn't dismiss it. Yeah, I said it's not like demographic. I didn't dismiss it. I like, I, like that storytelling. I like the storytelling of two friends, and like, you know, cancer's like the background of the whole thing. Like, uh-huh. no, 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 no. I didn't knock that. Go back and watch your episodes, no, Amy Martinez, no. because it was Ashley Cheney that said, I tried watching the pilot, and then it didn't work for me. So I have to disagree with you. First of all, we're all on a team here. I'd like to <laughs> remind everybody. And second of all, I said that it wasn't age appropriate for me or anyone on this panel, but that. <laughs> but I'm a child at heart, and I can. Except I can she turned 36 appreciate. last week, so I don't get it. But <laughs> whatever, season two, Alex and Katie. So, but also, so Amy's one you, for one. She's got one that didn't get one season. I'm three for three. So, that's cute. Um, yes, but if you like something, let people know while you're watching it that you like it. Tell everyone. Well, I mean, it's, this is sort of the curse of Netflix, right? We don't know how they're rating things, so the 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 way, like there's no real way to tell like what are they basing whether a season gets picked up again on? At whose whim are they deciding? Well, it's their analytics. Well, yeah, but those analytics are all private. We don't really know. Like, if, as an act, if I were on one of those shows, I'd be like, show me the numbers. <laughs> you can handle the numbers. They are very private about their numbers. I know. It's like historically, I mean, it's, very private. They'll just yeah. say like, you're doing great. I'll tell you they're what. If great. I was one of the actors on the show, the only numbers that I want to see is my paycheck. 
Oh, oh please. You know, I don't care about the ratings. As long as it gets picked wow. up, I care about my paycheck numbers, and that's it. But to wow. Amy's point, I feel like they are listening to uh, in social media. I feel like they're listening to what's trending mm-hmm. and what they're liking. So to Amy's point, if you like something, maybe say something on social mm-hmm. media or here in the comment section of the Netflix Pick Show. You know, wherever you want to leave your thoughts and feelings about shows that are on Netflix. Yes. Well, I agree do that. that. <laughs> I'm sure they have an, a, a proprietary analytic that uses oh, yeah. social media and probably even shows and videos like this to determine what is having a cultural or social impact. Well, let's be real. This is probably the first show that they check out to this, see what no, everybody's I, I, watching. I, that was a humble brag. I was pretty much saying <laughs> they, they check this show, then search for it on social media, exactly. and then That's they check the actual views and how long people viewed. So, I mean, so something else that dropped was, and like that's why you open the show, but BTS, a K-pop group, mm-hmm. uh, there's a series on Netflix called Explained, and they, they talk about all these like different topics, and one of them that I happened to watch was like a quick 20 minutes, was about K-pop. Amy, you watched it. I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How fantastic is this show, first of all, Explained? It explains everything to you in, what, 13 or so minutes? So it's kind of... This one was 20 minutes, but... 20, okay. But quick, well, but right. But like, like no, 13. but quick, but really fast. It's like if you just want to like just learn... like Exactly. Just... Well, it's like a, a nicer, like a high-quality YouTube series where if you want to learn something about something in a rather, you know, short amount of time, bam, explain, mm. like K-pop. So like cultural phenomenons or like... Or are no. they all um, anything. Their first episode, I... The first episode of theirs I saw was on monogamy. But hey. I learned I learned that that was actually the third episode. I feel they did one about ma- about um, editing cells. Their most recent one they dropped this Wednesday was about cryptocurrency. Yes, and oh, they dropped them every they dropped them every Wednesday, which is kind of rare for Netflix to shows be dropping to be regularly. a weekly show. Yeah. But they drop every Wednesday, and I think they have four or five five episodes so far. Fourteen minutes, twenty minutes, eighteen, seventeen, sixteen. Super easy to just watch all of them and just learn so mm-hmm. much yeah. in such a short amount of time. Oh. Also, K-pop. I did not know this whole thing about BTS. Why you? Why they were using? Um, I know this word. What is it? Not acronyms. Acronyms. Anagrams or no? No acronym. When the word, the letters stand for another word. Of, yeah, that's kind of, but not really because I don't think it really means anything. It's just so that K-pop. Groups would be, um, they'd be, they'd be like they would here. be able to cross over because exactly. the original K-pop group was this band called Soteji and the Boys. That's and the problem yeah. right there is it's kind of like okay, I know the boys part, but yeah. the Soteji part. Even for a guy like me who is Korean, I like I, I've always known about them, but it's easier to say right. It's easier to say BTS. How mm-hmm. cool is that? So they're doing that for multiple K-pop. And that's why you got Psy. Yeah. He's you know PSY. Gangnam Style, right? But we also going to open up with that. Yeah, he's K-pop. I mean, he's not quite K-pop, but like he's a part of the K-pop phenomenon for sure. K-pop is usually like yeah, it's it's basically like America's version of the Backstreet Boys and Sync, and then same thing for like girl groups like Pussycat Dolls, like Fifth Dimension, Five Heart, Fifth Harmony. Fifth Harmony. Yeah, sorry, Fifth Dimension Fifth was Dimension. a oh. 70s group. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys. It's okay. Up, up and away, my beautiful. Okay. I've never um, heard that song before. Really? Like, yeah. Rick's- Anthony, find Up, Up and Away. <laughs> Rick's age is, I just want to pinpoint No, I'm just down. cultured. I'm just cultured. <laughs> I mean, yeah. take all these I'm like Ashley here. What's K-pop? I, mean. I know K-pop, and I actually have seen BTS like and, and a lot of social right? media, but, I, but also to me, coming from the film world, BTS, as you guys know, or do you guys know, mm-hmm. behind yeah. the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I did not put the together 
my what BTS was, and I'm like, yeah. oh, it looks like a boy group, but I didn't realize that they were a K-pop group. I just thought they were a, a boy band, and now I know, and I'll listen for some of their songs, which I certainly could not identify. Well, and it, sometimes they'll throw in English words in there. Are they playing on the radio, the U.S. radio play? They're getting a lot of not U.S. that radio I've play? heard. I'll be here and there, probably. But at, this, at the same time, like, probably not even a radio play anymore because you can download music. Oh, yeah. Spotify? Mm-hmm. I mean, They're probably on Spotify. That's right. probably definitely So we're all going to be jamming out to BTS, BTS. is what we're saying. Cool. Yeah. Like and, uh, but Steve, you also watched, I watched this, you watched it, David Letterman, Howard Stern. Oh, this was a very, very good interview. Um, I guess, being born in 86, I'll just be out with my age versus Rick Hong, who isn't. <laughs> um... I grew up in just the right portion. I was 14 at the time Howard Stern was on just, like, local syndicated radio at a time when, like, he was pretty much making the show for 14-year-olds, but it was an NC-17 show. Yeah, was, he's always been a naughty Yeah, like, he's just again. a very naughty guy, and, like, he talked a lot about, and, like, he did that movie, and he wrote that book, and, like, he was... At very, that point, he was the king of all media. Yeah, he had, like, he a number one... Hit, the movie was called Private, Private Parts. Parts. The book was called Private Parts. Mm. At one oh. point in time, he had the best, like, number one album, number one movie, and number one book... And he, was, and he was dubbing himself the king of all media. Yeah. And like it, he was, I always found him to be a very influential person because he, like, it's very rare do you see someone like that just kind of straight up breaking the mold. And he talked, one of the more interesting things I heard him talk about on this interview was he left Terrestrial Radio to join Sirius XM, or I think it was just XM. Because the FCC time. kept yeah. coming and trying to find him. Yeah, and, and, like, like, and it was just not worth the trouble because we live in a time where, like, you could, if I'm just on a satellite radio, you, you don't have authority or jurisdiction. And he gets there, and I think he always assumed there would be a censor because his entire career he'd been up against a censor. And then he gets there, and they're like, whatever you want to do. And it really, like, creatively changed what he wanted to do or think or say because he's like... Well, but what would my show... My show always had, like, an antagonist. What does my show look like without an antagonist? What does my art look like, if you will, if I'm just... There's me. nobody to fight you on it, yeah. Yeah, there's no one to fight me. It's the internet. It's Wild Wild West. I'm just going to do how I feel, do what I want, how I feel. It was a very good interview. No, and I mean, what's, what's too, is like David Letterman is interviewing him, and you find out that there's a rivalry, which I'm not going to, like, talk oh, about, yeah. because you should just go watch this and hear about it, because it's pretty amazing. That's, oh, these two. I love when two media personalities have to interview each other. Like when mm-hmm. a, when an Ellen has to interview, an, or not has to, but gets to interview an Oprah. And, and when the t- these two people whose jobs it is to interview other people get interviewed. It's all, yeah. It always makes for a good interview. I like that. No, and the great thing about the Lettermans is that like once a month somebody comes out. There's Tina Fey, George Clooney, yeah. Jay-Z, um, yeah, President Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, President Obama, exactly. Cried. Cried the so... <laughs> It is so like the big actual like Netflix film release for this week is a movie called Alex Strangelove. Yes. And if you liked Love Simon, this is a version of Love, Love Simon. It's kind of appropriate that's coming out this week. I mean, like there's a Pride March is going on right now mm-hmm. in West Hollywood. Mil- like I think half a million people are partying it up, you know, celebrating it. And like this is this is kind of about a boy who doesn't know yet that he's gay and he is with his, like, best friend, who's the girl, and, like, they start a relationship, and then he meets an older guy, and that's when he has to start questioning his sexuality. I would, uh, it's great. I would definitely say that you should stick to the end and watch the actual credits. You won't see Ashley Cheney's name in it, which is beautiful. You won't but, see my name in it. But, but you'll see something beautiful about the end credits, so watch the movie. Um, Ashley, you watch it. What do you think? I did. I did. You know, and it's funny, because you told me to watch it with, like, saying, okay, this is basically Netflix, Netflix's version of Love, Simon, which I saw. I think a couple I yes. think a couple people on our panel saw Love, Simon. 
Um, and it was great, great film, but that's in the theater. So he, Rick was like, this is the Love, Simon of Netflix. I'm like, awesome, love that movie. I'm going to get down on it. My first, within the first five minutes, I was cracking up out loud, like laugh out loud laughing. Like there was some really, I guess I have the humor of a 12-year-old boy because there were some really <laughs> like crass jokes that I was like, bah, ha, ha. So it, it's, it was. In a lot of ways, um, I really enjoyed Love, Simon. I think Love, Simon was super eloquent and sweet and very touching. And this movie was like um, almost like a college frat movie. I, in fact, I want to check the rating. on. It, well, this one's funny because this is actually – I had to look because when you're, when you're watching something like Netflix – it said TVMA, which means TV Mature, okay. but if you had to do it by a theatrical system, it, it was, was rated R. It, right, it's it rated definitely R. is rated R, because I, I wanted to say, like, oh, I sh- we could recommend this to, you know, our high school-aged people, but it's um, it's actually pretty mature in some of its content, um, especially, uh, well, it's, it's you know, discovering your sexuality. There's some, some very descriptive <laughs> sex <laughs> stuff happening, and... Uh, you know, I, if you're cool with your kids watching that under 17, you just know. I mean, they probably have heard all the, these things before. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the the big thing about this movie is uh, it has a lot of heart to it. Just just like Love Simon did, it does. and that's you know, like for any more than anything else, it's like probably like something to watch and something to learn from for sure. Um, so, don't write it off if you think it's a teen movie. Basically, is what I mm. would say. That would be my advice. Like, if you think it's just a movie for teenagers, I would say don't write it off. There's a lot of um, also also some some good entertaining bits in there but um yeah lots of heart like mm-hmm. Rick says it's good yeah. it's a good one uh so okay so we're gonna move on to non-netflix releases movies and television for the week and uh amy you watched a couple yes mm. that is two and i did do that <laughs> yes okay i'm gonna start off with uh a movie that you should actually stay away from oh, oh. i love it when amy gives us stay away from picks so you know it's bad. You know it's bad when Amy you doesn't like it. You know it's bad. And here's the sad part, guys. Oh, so, yeah. This is so I, up your alley. See, the only person in this cast that makes me want to watch is Allie Larder, but okay. keep going. So it's Matt LeBlanc, Allie Larder, there's uh, uh, Chevy Chase, and Adam Rodriguez, which I didn't, here's the thing, I didn't get that far. <laughs> now, <laughs> ooh. Burn. It's, and you, uh, funny enough, their little slogan right there, it says, love hurts, and this hurts so much. Uh, I'll stuff it up there. No, um, no give no, us no, more. No, 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 no I'm going to be very um, aggressive. Not do PG-13. it. PG-13. But okay, so here's the thing. Clicked on it. Looked cute literally just by uh, the poster. And I think there was a, there was a strong recommendation. Like, oh, from your percentages? Okay. Yeah. And I can actually tell you what that is. But 10 minutes in. And I was literally like, I cannot yes. continue. Ooh. Keep in mind, guys, too, this is Amy Martinez who says that she usually tries to give things half an hour. Exactly. So if you can't give something 30 minutes and only 10 minutes, that says a lot. See, weirdly enough, it doesn't give me the percentage anymore. So maybe, well, maybe when you turn your TV on, it will. Yeah. Maybe, yes. Um, here, it's... Okay, this is what it says. Burned by love in the past, Charlie swears off all romance. Will his jealous streak derail his shot at happiness with the disarmingly lovely Molly? It's more, not so much about what it's about in those 10 minutes that I did see, but it was how they were going about it. And it just turned me off completely. And I was like, I have so many other things to watch on Netflix. I'm going to like spend my time better by doing that. It's like so- how I turned off Abitha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. No, Pisa was really good. But yeah. What? So See, see, it this is the cute. rating. Like, <laughs> this is our scale. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. This is like, I just, 
So no, I'm sorry. So but no, no one lovesick pass. There are multiple things on Netflix that are called lovesick. This is the one with Matt LeBlanc okay. and Ali Larder. And also, can I? So I would love to recommend the actual, the, the, the original <laughs> lovesick that I know that's on uh, on screen right now is uh, this is lovesick. Uh, originally supposed to be called Scrotal Recall. Which is fantastic. <laughs> the premise is me. brilliant. I love it. So if you see the man on the left in blue there, um, his name is Dylan. And Dylan, on the first episode, uh, goes to the doctor. And it turns out that he has chlamydia. And so the oh. doctor tells him, you have chlamydia. You have to make a list of all the women that you have slept with in the past and tell them that you have chlamydia and to check themselves, right? Yeah. Oh, everybody's worse. And it's, it's so brilliant because every, he makes a list, right? And with every girl that he goes into, it's a whole episode dedicated to that girl, how they met, how they had sex, how they like their relation, how their relationship how blossomed that. and how it, how it ended, inevitably uh, ended. And okay. it's, it's a brilliant study. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, it's, it's not, it sounds a little it, bit like my name is Earl in terms of like it, trying to like. In a, in a sense, for I mean, the, with the whole listing, sure, but it's it's much better than that. It's uh, it's a British comedy. It's only six episodes a season. Oh, I love And they're British only uh, r- roughly twenty to thirty minutes long. Uh, and if you guys watch ABC's The Good Doctor, Antonia Thomas is also in The Good Doctor, and she's also in this. This right. is actually before she got her American television debut. Yeah, fantastic. And I remember I, I originally saw her on Misfits, I believe. Misfits, that's cool. a that's another on, British show. Yeah, that's mm. on Hulu. That's an hour long. But anyways, well, thank you. I'm excited. Um, Steve, you watched a. I mean, this oh, is, this one's Amy's almost a hidden one. gem, Amy's but it's actually a non Netflix release, huh? Oh wait, wait, Amy's got another one. Keep going. Yes, <laughs> this is really quickly. This one's a good one that you should watch if you happen to um, not see it. This is. I would also say it's kind of a hidden gem, but I have another hidden gem later. So this is called Skin Wars. There are three seasons. It's a competition show. It's about body painters. Mm. And it's really cool because it talks about um, actual like paint and uh, what is it? Spray. Mm. Like the spray one. The airbrush paint. Mm. And it's fun. I can't even say that much about it because I only saw the first episode, but it's fantastic. And I made it all the way through the whole episode. And it was uh, like 42 minutes. RuPaul is one of the judges and Rebecca Romaine is actually the host of oh, it. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, Mystique is hosting something. They have three epi- uh, three seasons. She knows about body paint. Yeah. And Sports Illustrated body paint, yep. Uh, so there's mm. three seasons. And, yeah, there are about 40 or so minutes an episode, but it's really fun and... It's it it's very interesting to see them paint on people. Is it safe well. to say that people who like face off on sci fi would like this uh, that's show? What I'm yes. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's what I almost thought that it was. Face off was so good. Is this yeah. a Netflix series or is this, this on sci fi? No, this is this is this is from uh one of the networks that, okay, that's that transferred yeah. over to Netflix. Mm-hmm. So not which, a Netflix series, no. Okay. Which is great. I like watch having competition shows on Netflix because then you can just binge them and then yeah. you're like, Yay, yeah. my favorite person won and then you move on to the next season. Although if you miss, I'm one of those weird people who like to Google stuff while they're watching. No. But you can't if if you're watching season one and they have three seasons, you know you can't like you can't touch the internet. You, you can't even look at it. You can't. Yeah. I'm curious what that person's. Oh, no. he came in third. Great. You, you cool. can't even like look to see what movies somebody he worked with has been in. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a dangerous yeah. world. But do watch Spoilers. this. Watch this. Watch Skin Wars. So here's a here's a good one that came out uh, this week or last week. Coco. Hey. Coco. We love Coco. Mama Coco. I actually hate that movie. But. Really? Oh yeah. Wait. Okay. What? Because I was rewatching. Yeah. Co- I rewatched hate... Coco this week. I love. Wait, co- I love Coco. Hate Coco. Very yeah. strong Coco? word. Sure did. The yeah. Oscar-winning animation movie yeah, Coco. The most predictable movie Coco. What? Produced by the Pixar. Yeah. Come at me. Yep. 
I'm ready for it. She doesn't like BTS. I didn't say I didn't like BTS, but I am definitively saying I'm anti-Coco. Sue me. No, wait, okay. But animation movies, and which one was the one that you did like? Animation movie. That were nominated. For, uh, this past year, yeah. If you, uh, if you didn't like Coco, like, what, I can't remember what was what was nominated. Loving was... Vincent was the Loving Vincent was like my sure. Vincent, the Vincent Van Gogh one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ferdinand. Ferdinand, Ferdinand, Baby Boss, Baby, Breadwinner, Breadwinner, yeah, Breadwinner. Okay, Breadwinner was a short. I thought. So, but let's talk about Coco. Oh, Coco was I. I think Coco was amazing. I like what Pixar. I like what I like what Disney Pixar has done. I think it got to a point around Wally where I like I was just hoping they would get one wrong. Just because they had kept getting them right, that I was like, can can Pixar Dinosaur. can Pixar Disney? They've get, gotten quite a few wrong. <laughs> not before Wally though. Like they've all, it's taken them a really long. Like they're on they're on base percentage. It's just insane. Yeah, they've got more hits than misses for sure in terms of any studio ever. And yeah. like, and I think if you want to consider the purism of Pixar properties, I don't think there was a miss. Toy Story two would be close, but generally speaking, I think Pixar before like Disney completely engulfed them. Like, just made hit after hit. They made some great films, including one I saw this weekend, Incredibles 2, which isn't out until next week. But it was well, good. I'll say, that. I'll say that much. Well, and Amy saw it, too. But that's, but that's, that, that's, that's not this show. I, I know. I you haven't see seen it? it. I just went to the premiere. So what's good with that hot take on Coco? Yeah. <laughs> Anthony and I are like, what? I, I, what can I say? I, I just, every single piece of it was predictable. And I thought, I thought we could have done better from a story perspective. Really? Sorry. Yeah, I did. I... I to those who haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil anything by saying I thought the twist was actually unforeseen. Oh no! For nope. to, so I mean, basically, you, did, you I, didn't like you didn't like the movie because I thought, you it, was thought it was the story. I thought it was a weak story. That that was a very predictable story. Yes. That and the story alone was enough for you to be like, I hate it. Not even the fact that it's like accurate, like and it's it's talking about very nice the cultural let's, things. Let's, but, yeah, it's a beautiful. It's a it was it was beautifully done. I know. I know. All, trust me. No one knows better than me the work that it takes to make an animated film. Spent my first part of my career do it making animated series and films cool. and maybe that's why it bugs that's me true. so she, much she's been in the animation business for like 25 years so she's that's crazy. true that's true before we move on from that though like, so then what is your favorite animation movie favorite that, animated movie of all you thought time it was, where, you, where you thought it was executed well mm-hmm. Land Before Time <laughs> I'm going back to 2D. Uh, yeah, Land no, before that's time. That's fine. That's why I said 25 years. No. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> that, that movie came out 25 years ago. That was the that was the question I was asked when I was hired by Lucasfilm Animation, and they said, "What's your favorite animated movie?" And that's it. And I'm sticking to it. it has been that and the Jungle Book. That's I'm tied with the old old classics. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. You like to sell it? That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. It's 2D. That's the, I think that was some, there's some prize storytelling happening, and that's what really matters to me. Is well, it something else that dropped that's a non-Netflix release and I uh, actually didn't watch it. I was trying. I wanted to get to it but I had so much other stuff to watch and I just saw it in the theaters. It came out over the summer. Is Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yes. Oh. So, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody actually like watched it now that it's been released again on Netflix but I'll get there but I, we don't really need to talk about that much because it's Thor Ragnarok. It's Man, Marvel. So. It's right. I, I will say, <laughs> I will say if you want, if you've seen the most recent Avengers. Yes. Mm. I don't know how. Like, I feel like that kind of paints Thor Ragnarok differently. When oh, you think it's a different type of Marvel film. Well, but, no, no, I'm saying like Thor Ragnarok is great, but like the ending was such a high note, and then just the way the way Avengers happens, you're like, oh, well, Avengers cool. is like a part one, so yeah, all right, but th- yeah, 
I can't. I cannot. I cannot complete my thought without spoiling things, so I won't. All right, guys. Well, we always enjoy that you're watching, that you're in the chat. I don't know who's in the chat at the moment, but you guys can also listen to us on iTunes. Uh, download us there. Please give us five stars, and if you do, I'll give you a shout out. Like I want to give a shout out to the people that are in our chat right now. Who do we got? Uh, Zias B. Lou is in the chat. Ah, Zias, there you are. He loved Coco and thought Cars Two was pretty bad. I agree, Cars Two. Yeah, probably yeah, Cars Two was awful. Keep going. Just a soulless Keep cash going. grab. Uh, Drew Belvin is in the chat. I'm I'm sure we know who that person is. Serenity. Hi. Q26 in the chat. Hey. So chill four in the chat. And so Brad 201713. Brad, it sounds like you're some hot takes that are unconfirmed, which is 13 reasons why oh, I got picked up for season three. They are. That, that's yeah. confirmed. Confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed by which is, which is which is a lot faster than normal for Netflix shows. Like that one just dropped like two weeks ago and they're already saying, hey, we are picking it up for season three, which is not a normal thing mm-hmm. for Netflix. So that says something about either their belief in a season three, the fans, the viewings that are going on for it. So keep keep in mind. Um, however, we did have a, in terms of hidden gems and revisits that we're going to get to right now. Uh, this one isn't this one isn't a fun one, but um, in terms of you should watch a show, but it's not around a fun topic. Is Ashley Cheney? I'm going to let you take it over. Yeah, I mean it is a fun topic, but it's um we are fun show. We mm. would be remiss to not talk about the loss of Anthony Bourdain, who is a, a, certainly a personal hero, and I'm sure many of you share that sentiment. Um, he, it's really important that if you guys want to watch his parts unknown while they're on here, it is leaving Netflix on June 16th. So you got to get on it. You have like a week left of Anthony Bourdain parts unknown. The series is phenomenal. Um, you know, before before he was gone, like I'm actually getting emotional. Um, before we lost him, you know, it, it would have been great to watch them. But I think now it holds a special place to go back and see it through the lens of this person who was so special and touched so so many people. I mean, everybody I've talked to has is like massively affected by this person, which I don't know that I would realize what an effect he had on so many people. I mean, everybody I talked to is like, oh, he's a, a hero, a personal you know icon or legend. But um, you know. Someday I hope to emulate him, and in, in, even in just the tiniest uh, little little way. Um, parts unknown. Every single episode is fantastic, but uh, particularly I love the Sicily episode. I think that's Ooh. a really great um, one Good. to watch. But you can't go wrong with anything that uh, the great and uh, late Anthony Bourdain is hosting, because he is was a true master of of uh, you know writing and and taking us along for the journey. So he is. Sorely missed, but uh, make sure you catch his shows before they leave Netflix on June sixteenth. Yeah, seven. and the big thing is, it's, it's not just oh, it's not just a food show. This is a guy who uses food to introduce people to culture mm-hmm. and to educate mm-hmm. you and to make people understand, you know, that there's more than it's. It's not just food that he's talking about. Oh, this thing's so scrumptious. It has nothing to do with. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's a part of it, but it's also about just like the people and how the, like the food came to be and taking us to places where you may not ever go there, but it's just amazing to hear about it just through his. And like, who doesn't love sitting down? And that's what yeah. we do, right? We sit down and we eat food and we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, f- I think food is something that connects us all. We all mm-hmm. need food to live and survive. And I think I think what Tony did differently from every other host is that rather than showing us, like Sicily, for example, he's in it and he's experiencing it and he's he's like diving deep into um, like being a part of of the place that he's visiting, whether it's through food, whether it's through conversation with somebody on the street. It's it's so much less about showing you a place rather than I mean, he truly, truly takes us on the journey with him to some really incredible places and 
incredible dishes too, mm. which the foodie and me will always love. Yeah, uh, makes me hungry. But think about it. Amy, you watched, also watched Adult World. Yes, I did. Yes. Tell me about this. What's Adult World about? I have no idea what this is. Uh, okay, here. This is one of those where I clicked on it and I was like, "All right, <laughs> show me what you got." <laughs> Emma Roberts is in it. Um, so, okay, I was already like, uh, this is Nancy Drew. This is uh, <laughs> fabulous, right? Back in the back in the day. It is actually really good, guys. Really good. Um, it is about a recent college grad. We're talking 22. And she's with her parents. And she's a poet. And she's oh. trying to get published. And she's having a lot of difficulties. Her parents basically kick her out. And she's trying to find out what to do. She finds a job at an adult store called Adult World. Okay, so that and, was what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. And she's actually, get this, she's a virgin when she goes in to the store and starts working there. And by the time it's over, she's not. Who's, then who's, who's like maybe like, who's opposite her? Oh, 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 oh. Wait, John Cusack and Evan John Peters. John Cusack, yeah. John Evan Cusack Peters. is her dad? Or wait, wait, wait. Evan Peters, her okay. real okay, life. Okay. Real okay. life. Exactly. Like, John Cusack. What? John Cusack is <laughs> in it. weird. Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's actually interesting. John Cusack plays kind of a, an interesting character, not her dad. He's actually a poet that she strongly admires. Oh, God. And, um, it is weird. It. I mean... It is weird, yeah, but it's it's good. Like, do not dismiss it because it kind of sounds funky. I would say go watch it because it does sound kind of funky, and it'll nice. surprise you. Ninety three minutes, it's got me. Yeah, and it's very relatable to people that are trying to, you know, build hmm. build a little trying to em- what <laughs> pu- spice what? up. No, no, it's, trust me, do not dismiss it, do not think like you, Ashley. No, it's, it's relatable to people that are trying to do something with their lives, that it's not your normal nine-to-five job, where you have to go out and figure out your own path, and that's exactly what she has to do, and she's great. She, I mean, it's fun. It's got a good cast. Fun. It sounds yeah. like a, it definitely sounds like a coming-of-age story through the, uh, you know, using, I guess, the, uh, the tool of a weird setting such as it, an adult. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't lean too much into it. It really doesn't. Like, it scares you a little bit because it's adult world. But I saw it, guys. And I felt totally comfortable. So it's, so not, it's, it's not. It's not about our sexual awakening. No, it's no. not. It's not. It's more about everything else. And it's really good. So go watch it because I really, I found a movie. And I was like, no, not that one. And then it shows you the recommendations. Okay, maybe that one. No, not that one. And then just really dug deep for this one. So I really hope. You guys would give it a And try. that's why it is a hidden gem. Gotta yes. dig deep for them. So, Guns. some Netflix news. Uh, Dolly Parton. It's funny that uh, there's... What? Jolene. Great, Grace, Jolene. Grace and Frankie. There's, there's Grace and Frankie that's on Netflix, which is Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin. So, the other... Triumvirate, triumvirate person for nine to five would be Dolly Parton. So oh, now yeah, she's getting an anthology it. series based on her songs. And the funny oh. thing is, is at the Grace and Frankly panel before this was announced, Lily Tomlin accidentally let this out of the bag. Did first she on a panel? So like they were kind of like, okay, we, I guess we better release this information because oh, someone else already did. Because they were talking about, would you ladies have a reunion? Which in the theatrical world, there will be a reunion of a remake of 9 to 5. Um, Dr. Ken Jeong, he is getting a comedy special. Oh, called cool. um, te- Tentatively called First Date. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't know what he's up to. Well, he is doing... Well, he finished his show, and he has a kind of a Dr. Oz, comedic Dr. Oz type show that's going to be on one of the cable networks. And then he's got this. 
So this is this is an actual comedy special of him, like when he was doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like yeah. like everybody else, like you know, Chick Nataro. Sure, sure, sure. And, uh, and then some of the lady that has left ABC to get a lot of money from Netflix. We've talked about Ryan Murphy, but Shonda Rhimes. Shonda She has said this is what her series is going to be that she's working on right now, and it's about Anna Delvey who scammed a lot of people pretending that she was like some sort of a socialite or something. So okay. people gave her money and all these things. And so that's, that's what Shonda Rhimes is basing her new series on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited to see that. I'm really excited about that Dolly Parton. I love Dolly. Was anyone else really worried in that windup? Like someone who recently left ABC got a bunch of money from Netflix. Like, please not Roseanne. Please not Roseanne. <laughs> no. Oh God, please not Roseanne. We love Netflix. And so, and then... <laughs> Next week, top five releases. Uh, set it up. Oh, yeah. Portlandia season eight actually dropped today. Um, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. This mm. is Looks Heath cool. Ledger's last movie. Oh. Uh, Voltron season six and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season five. Woo-hoo. Set it up looks like... Uh... Looks like it. Looks like a Amy will will definitely watch that yes, movie. Yes, will be watching. Might it. not actually because it looks like awful. Mm. It does. It does look. You'll be watching it. People's last film usually usually aren't great. Like I, you know what? I actually I didn't watch it because I was still heartbroken. Um, yeah. You're talking about the Imaginarium, mm-hmm. right? Okay, of Doctor Parnassus. I want to watch it because it's been a while now, and I think. Yeah. I'm curious. Have you guys seen any? Watch. Okay. You know what? Have Next you? week, watch us because we will talk about set it up. And we will definitely talk about the Imagining of Doctor Parnassus. Yes. I saw it yes. when it came out. Uh, I'll revisit it, or at least these guys will revisit. It. We'll talk about it. But Amy Cassandra Martinez, where can everybody find you? On all social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. And I'm Steve Kaufman. You can find me on Twitter almost exclusively. That is at Steve Kaufman K A U F M A N N. Guys, thanks for watching tonight. You can find me online across all social media at Ashley on Camera. And let's talk about what you're eating and what you're watching there. Ashley on Camera. And I'm Rick Hong. You guys can find me on all social media at Rick Hong, R-E-C-K-H-O-N-G. And tune in Wednesday as I cover the Legion finale, season two. Until next time, we will see you guys same time, same place, right here at Netflix Picks. Thanks for tuning in. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 